Hey you! Welcome to this week's episode of Mad Femmes. It was a great episode this week, full of family and drama, and Shannon's dreams came true. Sally's back. <laughs> I'm Rachel Horowitz in Oakland. I'm Shannon Bowen, also in Oakland. I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. And I'm Brandy Sperry in Seattle. All right, let's dive right into an episode that was all about family, it seems. we I saw Brandy tweeting right away about the inspired casting of Julia Ormond as yeah. the mother. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? I love her. I love her too. I wasn't expecting Marie to be such a glamour puss. Were you guys? Oh, she was so glamorous. But the dress, I loved it. I mean, from the from the bits of conversation we've heard with her, I was expecting someone a little more like overbearing and traditional mom like, mm-hmm. more like Peggy's mom but French. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peggy's mom but French, basically. So. No, you guys. Megan comes from. We can talk about the dysfunctional part later, but like legitimately cool parents. Totally. It's kind of sad that she was a secretary for so long because she's got this <laughs> like inspired French beautiful family. She was trying to be an actress, right? So that's right. Except at the teeth. The problem teeth. Is that your theory of why she became a call girl instead? Because <laughs> of her teeth? Yeah. yeah. Is that what her dad's encouraging her to go back to? <laughs> you had dreams. <laughs> the teeth could pose a problem for that profession too. Let's get serious. Oh my god. Mm. Based on her mom's performance during this episode. <laughs> That's where she gets it from. Like mother like daughter. Oh my um, gosh. I actually I was surprised because, you know, she's from Quebec and you know, being Canadian, I'm familiar with the Quebecois. And I just thought her family was Quebecois and very traditional Catholic, you know, Quebecois. And in fact, they're, they must be, you know, recently come from France. Her parents must have come from France as adults because they sound like they're French, not like they're Quebecois. And they're yeah. like the French. No offense, Quebecois listeners, but you know what I'm saying. Well, look, I, I listened to Celine Dion do enough interviews to know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank God we have a host of Canadian French experts here to know (laughs) exactly. That shit was French. Yeah. (laughs) That shit was from France. Let me tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Just rolling out some stereotypes. They weren't wearing anything that was made out of beaver. They can't possibly be French Canadian. (laughs) They didn't didn't say Mountie once or A. So. (laughs) No, they don't don't say that in Quebec. Come on. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Um, no, her dad, I mean, he was wonderfully cast, too, and I think, what? He's a communist. That's amazing. I love, too, how people are like, he's a communist. Oh, you I know. know. So it's, good. It's, yeah. So, and he's, what I love, too, he's a tortured intellectual. He's, you know, at the, in his senior twilight of his intellectual career, and he's clearly failing and doing mm-hmm. the age-old trope of failing not feeling like you have a body of work you can be proud of, and so crying into the arms of one of your graduate students. Right. Who thinks you're the shit, as opposed to your wife. As opposed to your wife who's like, I'm going to give people blowjobs. I'll show you. Yeah. 
that's really getting back at him. Uh, I did love seeing them fight and then seeing Megan get that stressed out look of like, I have to go fix my parents fighting. I really like that. And I realize I don't see that that much on TV of the child trying to fix the parents fighting. He is touchy, though, because the comment that sets him off after they come back from shopping, like, I had to be like, wait, what did she say that he got so mad about? Just something about how a daughter should be proud of her father. It's like, whoa. You guys have some deep-seated issues to be taking something so personally so quickly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. I think they really set up that this is a, a continuous fight that happens often. Um, yeah, so, well, I think we learned that, you know, Megan comes from a dysfunctional, troubled family as well. I kind of, I think we all suspected she came from maybe a more traditional, stable, if a a little overbearing kind of place, but it seems like she's from a very complicated, you know, um, troubled family, just like Dawn. Um, and I thought her father's, her father's comment about, her easy choice, you know, skipping, not paying her dues the way Karl Marx would like her to and <laughs> <laughs> and marrying, you know, a wealthy guy and kind of, you know, passing go, you know. I like that whole discussion a lot. I like that he said you skipped the struggle. That was a nice line. She did. I right. think that's that's kind of plays nicely into her final scene with Peggy. Yep. You know. Um, but so we should talk about that. I think maybe we should skip right to Megan's amazing idea. Is it an amazing idea? What did you guys think of that pitch, that idea? I thought it was a good idea in terms of what the client wanted. Yeah. I mean, I think she, she, she keyed into this very traditional, uh, idea that was visually pretty cool. I think like, it, I think it would look really cool, you know, the caveman and all, and the Jetsons, mother and son, I guess. But but it would look really cool, but it was, like, totally super traditional. I think it's hard for us in 2012 to be super impressed by that, the same way that someone would be in their time when it's like, ooh, special effects, we're going to do something crazy. And now it kind of seems like every single Campbell soup ad is like, your mom ate it and now you eat it too and snowmen eat it you know (laughs) like that's a pretty like common thing to be honest i don't know how it would appeal to the youth of america though like it's so traditional yeah the future the future appeals to them they love space aliens i guess but like (laughs) if i were the youth of america circa you know mid to late 60s i would be much more into sitting around a campfire having beans yeah. Than having like moms serving kids beans through history. Well, I don't think he ever really wanted to serve it to the youth of America. I mean, I think Peggy was right. You don't know what you want, you know? Right. And in the end, you know, flashback to the first dinner scene with that couple and Megan and Don, and they were kind of freaked out by New York and they wanted mm-hmm. to go home. Mm-hmm. I think that this is very comforting to them. Yeah. Well, so how much did you guys love? I mean, Megan and Dawn were on fire together. Were their they their um messaging was perfect. Their timing was perfect. They even mm-hmm. let the client kind of come up with the idea that maybe it would be the same 
you know, mom and child cast throughout the ages. Yeah. Like it was a very perfectly, perfectly executed dance, you know? Oh, and then, yeah. When the client comes up with the idea and Don's like, well, we hadn't thought of that, but yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah. They're, they're all very good. They were like firing on all cylinders. I was, I was actually very impressed. And I was thinking, stop making me like Megan. Stop it. I know it was very masterful. Yeah, I mean, it was really fun watching Megan and Don do that pitch together, but it just really bugged me that she had to give him the idea for the client to like it. You know, she had to be the kind of ditzy, oh, weren't you thinking of that? You know, instead of getting to be like, hey, I had this great idea, but I guess that's because I'm a feminist in 2012. Well, I think later it pays off in the office because Dawn is very clear that this was all Megan. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still in I think this is still the case, unfortunately, that when it comes to client relations, for example, I think you have to play a role, whatever you're you know, she has to be like the Roger. She has to dress up as Santa and sit on the lap. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, good point. You do the ridiculous things to win the business. I think what's pretty key is that she is given all the credit when they get back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think in general it's just nice to see something go well because I don't know if we've seen them like really nail a pitch so far this year. And this whole thing reminded me a little bit of the, the uh, like a flip side to the disaster that was Conrad Hilton. And what's with these old white guys being like, I want the future, I want the moon. Like, you're all obsessed, okay? You're not an astronaut. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but they came up with an amazing campaign for Conrad Hilton too, like not like even way more amazing than kids eating beans in the woods and he didn't want it. And that like a client not wanting a good campaign is so crushing for them that it kind of was nice to see them bounce back, come up with something else, make the deal anyway, instead of just being like, we're creatively bankrupt. This is terrible. You know? Mm -hmm. Totally. That's a good point. I did love that Cynthia and Ken don't get it at all. <laughs> you know, it's just so obvious that they don't fit in there, you know. I've I've been in that. I've been in Dawn's position before in business settings where I'm like giving someone the look like stop talking, you know? Like no, wrong thing to start. Now I'm going to kill you with my eyeballs. And I don't know if this is a good place to transition, but how crazy is it that Ken's father-in-law is the one that tells Don that nobody trusts him and maybe that's why Ken never wants to connect them oh interesting why does why so they view Don as like someone who bites the hand that feeds him kind of thing definitely because you know Lucky Strike was their biggest client and they decided to leave so what do they do he publishes a letter defaming them basically yeah, that's definitely kind of a crazy, crazy thing to do. When it's all about loyalty in this. Yeah. Point. Although, lucky strike, you know, went against the loyalty first. Isn't it funny how shocked Don looks? Right. He never saw that coming. Yeah, I think he's been so checked out. I mean, I, exactly what Cooper was saying. You've been on love leave. I think that following this episode, you know, the good pitch, winning back Hines, plus this, you know, revelation that he maybe doesn't have the trust of people anymore i think he's gonna get fired up well i hope so 
Yeah. Well, so this was, I think to wrap this part up, it's like Megan and Dawn happily married. You know, we, I feel like it's really jarring. We came off of this episode where she tells him every time we fight like this, you know, it, what does she say? It takes away from it or belittles what we have. Diminishes it. Diminishes it. And now they're back to, now their chemistry is working for them. It's paying off in dividends. They're sexy together, <laughs> you know? She's wearing yellow again. Dude, her red dress rocked my world. I know. <laughs> she knows how to dress. Megan's red dress? Yeah. yeah. That evening dress? Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. It was beautiful. With like, the cape or whatever that was? Oh, so pretty. I don't know. I was in love with that, you guys. I think I like that, this mid-60s evening wear stuff. Yeah, she's a wonderful dresser. And I did like that her mom was also classy and well-dressed, you know, because I think that Megan wears it so effortlessly. You just kind of get the feeling that she's been taught how to dress that way her whole life. Yeah, I want to hate her, but I love her. <laughs> I like Megan. I'm throwing it out there on the table. Sorry, Teresa. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's fine. But you know, you know what's interesting? <laughs> Megan wore some of the best, like that red dress was spectacular, but the outfit she wears in the office after she's had that big idea and she's talking to Peggy, she's wearing some weird polyester sweater with some kind of tunic over it do you know what i'm talking yeah. about it was horrible I'm not as much of a fan of her work wardrobe as when, like when they're going out she knows how to work it but in the office I, f I feel like maybe purposefully they're making her look a little bit more awkward just not quite gelling as well as she does in the role as gl of glamorous wife and you know peggy's still looking very catholic school girl -ish. i need her to not wear that hat anymore i'm sorry like i can't I can't deal with the hat that she was wearing when she was talking to Joan. Oh, my God. Yeah, that whole outfit. And can we just talk about that she dressed like Joan at her big date? I mean, that's, yeah. that is heralding back to the red bow dress that Joan wore that uh, Sterling loves. Yep. She's dressed like a Christmas present. Yeah, she was dressed up like a present, totally in a Joan. I mean, even the neckline, everything. It was like, that's a Joan dress. So weird. She was in a she was in a Joan dress for that dinner, and then when they had her mom over, she was in a Trudy dress. Ooh. She was wearing those blue green. Yep, you're right. You're totally colors, right. Colors nipped in waist, full skirt. This is because I read Tom and Lorenzo too much. Yeah. But now I recognize what the Trudy look is, and she had yeah. the Trudy look. You're totally right. You guys are getting really good at this. <laughs> I've also been reading a lot of Tom and Lorenzo. And so I just really, I mean, the the costume designer really thinks about these things. And it's neat to see the subtle messages behind what people are wearing. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about Peggy and her little bonding moment with Joan. You guys, I wanted Joan to be my older sister in this episode. Yeah. yeah, this is the other thing I've been hoping for, guys. Peggy and Joan being friends. I, I know. Really excited. I thought yeah. that I was like someone. Someone's listening to our podcast. I'm just gonna say it, and they're <laughs> listening. And they're listening to Shannon. 
<laughs> no, totally. Because remember we called it, we were like, well, they'll probably, because we, we did an episode about the women, about the men, and we're like, the next one will be about the children. Well, skip one. But then it was. It was about <laughs> parents and children. I was like, uh, we know what's going on. We basically wrote this season. I don't know. To me, I, I think I'm going to burst a bubble here a little bit that like Jones being nice to Peggy because Jones really sad. You know, Joan has kind of lost some of her fire. And to me, it's, you know, it's nice to see her sort of stepping back and seeing, giving Peggy some support and everything. But I just, my heart was breaking for her the whole time. You know, the casual way she tosses off, Greg has a piece of paper with the U.S. Army. You know, it's just, oh, that was really painful for me. Yeah. And Joan is really, Joan is really she's almost casual brandy with her insights into men like yeah like i used to be able to wield this power for good now i'm just helping this sad little girl (laughs) you know she's like if he's calling you and he's doing that like yes it's because it's not because he wants to dump you it's because he's probably going to propose or something like that you know Um, yeah i think that it's definitely not true friendship yet. I'm going to, it's totally true. I mean, she, you know, Joan is pitying her and, you know, helping her out because she doesn't know anything about men. But I think it's good for Joan because I don't think Joan really knows how to be close to other women. And so I, it is heartbreaking how she casually talks about Greg, but that's the first time she's said anything. And I think it's right. something that she said it to Peggy. Well, it's funny too how Joan has to help Peggy feel good about the fact that he asked her to move in with her you know Mm -hmm. it was like a very interesting moment Peggy's face is like I have no idea how to feel about this (laughs) (laughs) I was I was very I was feeling a little indignant like what you want to move (laughs) in together I was not happy about that how did, did you all were you all happy for her I I was disappointed because it was so clear that she wanted that moment, you know, but it just, I know it's Mad Men. Of course, they're not going to do what you want them to do right then. So, and then I was kind of laughing because like nothing really highlights how different now is than then, uh, than something like that, because now it's like everybody lives together before they get married, at least in my circle. <laughs> I have friends who are arguing about moving in, like, would be so happy if someone asked to move in, like, it would be the best day of their lives. Yeah, I can't imagine calling and asking my mother <laughs> if I could move in. It was like, <laughs> hey, mom, I've already shacked up. Should you come visit sometime. Or inviting yeah. her over for dinner to tell her the news. That was like, oh, what are Lord. you doing? You, no, she should never find out. Don't you understand? I love that the mom's like, no, you should lie to me. Duh. Yeah, totally. Well, guys, I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset. I mean, I think that, okay, it's interesting because I don't think Peggy really thought about marriage until Joan kind of implanted it in her mind. And then she was like, well, of course I want to get married because I want to be loved. And so she wears this weird pink Joan dress. And then as he's asking her to move in with him, she's saying this weird wedding talk. Yes, I do. It was so weird. And but she's more of a modern woman. She doesn't want to get married. I mean, when Peggy's out of that, you know, not in the pink dress saying weird wedding thing, she doesn't want to get married because then she has to have be responsible to someone. So I think this is a perfect setup for her. Yeah, maybe. 
I think it'll teach her how to be committed and give baby steps of actually being there for someone else instead of just being selfish and working all the time. Maybe, yeah. And it's kind of interesting the way that Peggy keeps sort of like trying out different ideas for herself. Like she did briefly hear, maybe I'll get married or, you know, maybe I'll be the kind of person who goes nuts in a meeting. Like maybe I'll do this and that. Maybe I'll, I don't know. She just seems to be trying a lot of things this season and then they're not really working out too well. Like the only thing she's been really good at is swindling Roger out of money. So good point. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening with her. I'm starting to get just as worried as you are, Shannon. I'm very worried. Even though I like Abe, you know, he's totally clueless. I like Abe too. Can we segue over to my absolutely favorite power couple? And that would be Roger and Sally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, the tips on how to be Roger's date. But he was good. <laughs> Sally, I was like, this child. I, I I actually feel very strongly now that Sally's gonna be my hero when she grows up. Like I think she's gonna be just fine, even though everything she goes through points to the contrary, but she seems like such a strong kid. Yeah, I think she gets it. You know, because she's had to be an adult so young, I think she can kind of see like, oh, that's how those people act, but I don't wanna do that. But it's like Roger's almost spending, giving her more attention than Dawn. I know. It kind of made me sad because Sally is a very ignored child. I mean, I love when Dawn is upset and his first reaction is, go watch TV. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. Another one for the supercut. All the times they've been told to watch TV. (laughs) Amazing. He does have a good daddish moment when he's like, you got to lose the boots and the makeup. I kind of chuckled at that because he was just. (laughs) Yeah, that was such a dad thing. Well, and then it was followed up by the best line ever on Mad Men. (laughs) Someday your daughter will spread her legs and fly away. Oh, (laughs) guys, I like laughed and laughed for a long time. If I was drinking something at the moment, I would have spit it out everywhere. It was like, what? <laughs> Just the way they the, the the scene is blocked, too. Like, you can see everyone's reactions. And he's kind of the most front, so you can't he can't see what they're looking like. It's really funny. But his wife is also like, oh, yes, it's true. <laughs> like, oh, English is not your first language. We're really embarrassed for you. No, it's, your legs. it's interesting when they I felt from the moment that they showed up in the apartment that they were really resentful of of Dawn like he's taken their daughter and like turned her into something before even they started talking it was like their body language so I mean when the dad said that it's like he's resentful that of like Dawn's sexual power over Megan and that he took her away from them you know I don't know it made sense to me hmm it was the deepest pun you'd ever heard. Is that what you're right. saying? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they had ambitions for her, and maybe being French or something, they were more liberated in their outlook for what their daughter should achieve. But she's still quite young, and if they had ambitions for her and they see her basically marrying some older guy with kids instead of developing this career in New York I could see why they would be annoyed with it 
Yeah, I think they'd be less upset if she was like doing drugs, living in a hovel, being an artist. You know, mm-hmm. I think they'd totally. be like, "That's great. You're really growing." You know? I mean, truly, <laughs> she comes across as some dude's midlife crisis. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. no parent, no parent really wants that, especially when they're like intellectual, fun people. So wait, you guys, did we know that? Have we ever seen anyone give a blowjob on Mad Men before? Yes. What's her name? Yeah, Bethany in the back of the cab. Oh, Bethany. Oh. Guys, we talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> it always remind. It kind of reminded me of John Hamm's character in Bridesmaid, when he's like, "You could take a <laughs> nap in my lap." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, too. I was just kind of like, I could tell this episode was written by a man because men always think that, like, that's the thing that's going to go down in the cloakroom. And it's like, exactly. that's not the first thing on the menu for, like, any ladies I know. So I don't know. Why? I don't know if we're jumping straight there. I actually, you know what? I had the exact same thought, Brandy, because if you're trying to get back at your husband who doesn't appreciate you, I don't think you want to go on to another man who doesn't, you know, appreciate you, like give you something. You know what I mean? She's looking for attention. She's looking for someone to service her, I would think. I think what we're getting at is that scene should have been the other way around. Yeah, I agree. She she should have been in the chair and Roger, I think mm-hmm. is likely to be the kind of guy who has to go down on someone. No, I right. agree. I but I do think it's attention seeking. I think she was hoping that her husband would walk in and she'd be like, "See, somebody wants my mouth." She'd be like, "See, suck it. Whoops, bad pun, but you get the trick, commie husband." Oh my god, guys, we have to talk about Glenn. Why wasn't he wearing pants? I don't know. <laughs> talk about the lamest fake boyfriend ever. Final outfit cracks me up. He's wearing shorts. He's in his dorm wearing shorts. I mean, is he going to grow up to be a serial killer? I mean, really? Because he might. He might. He's weird. Therese, I think you you have a little soft spot for Glenn. I I don't have a soft spot for Glenn. I think he's (laughs) sort of creepy, but less so than he used to be. I think he used to be a lot more creepy than... Why are you laughing at me? I'm, it's just like it's related to the Edith soft spot. I think you have this soft spot for the misunderstood weirdos who wear weird outfits and lurk in corners on these shows. Who, lo- who look like one of our founding fathers. Uh, they can each be carved on Mount Rushmore. I just think that they're sort of sweet together. They are sweet. Like, she can... It's the only person we ever see her be herself around. Yeah. Yeah, they're funny too. So. It's really funny because, you know, every time you see young people, preteens and teenagers talking on the phone to each other in movies and TV shows, they're like gabbing away, you know, gab, gab, gab. And these two have this very simple way, grown up way of discussing things together, you know? Yes. Yeah. Second best line of the night is the last line. How's Manhattan? It's dirty. (laughs) It's dirty. I am. That was amazing. They are really the observers of this madness, you know? Mm -hmm. 
But then the final thing that I just found, I don't know, I, it was really intriguing to me. It was really interesting. I feel like there was a lot of meaning in it was Peggy's exchange with Megan. Like Peggy went off on the, her own little, very kind of female kick, you know, getting giggly about a boy who might propose and then deciding that moving in is okay and really sorting out her personal stuff. And Megan was kind of growing into this wheeler and dealer and pitching her, you know, Dawn on, on an idea and sticking her neck out. And did you guys, I really liked the choice to not make Peggy bitchy about it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I did find her tone a little bit patronizing. Definitely. It was patronizing a bit. And you know, I think that in all the recaps I've read, everybody's pretty frustrated with the on the nose dialogue coming out of Peggy. Mm, interesting. It's really, it was really evident in that speech. I mean, I was really happy that she wasn't jealous. I was happy she was like female power, ladies unite, you know, sisters forever, whatever. Uh, I liked all that, but it was a little like, oh, I've been there, honey. Enjoy it. You know, it's the best that it gets. I felt, did you guys pick this up? I felt like Megan was like a little bit like, thanks, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. Megan, I couldn't quite read Megan's response. Actually. I couldn't at the time. And then I thought about it. Like if I had heard what my dad had told me that I'm selling out, you know, I've spent the whole weekend listening to my dad say that. Yeah. And then here I am supposed to be succeeding at selling out. It's a confusing mix of feelings and it made me respect the actress more that she showed that. Yeah. I'm so interested in her character arc this season. It is just very interesting. I think that's what you can kind of confidently say after this episode is that they've really established Megan as one of the, I think, remember when we're, it's a little bit weird. Remember when Peggy was the most interesting person on the show? I think Pete and Megan are kind of the most interesting right now. Yeah. Definitely. And I read an article about Bechtel test passing characters and they said, they said, Megan, not Peggy, which I thought was interesting because Peggy's trying to act too much like a man right now. Oh, interesting. I also just want to say this is totally um, unrelated, but I'm really glad I love Roger back on the market. I love single Roger. I think he's going to be doing acid all the time now. Oh, my God. He was so that annoying guy that does acid. And then all he wants to do is talk about his acid trip. Yeah. Does, doesn't Don call him out on it? Isn't Don like, okay, yeah. just because he does did acid doesn't mean you, like, get it, get everything now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, still, I still think he and Sally should spend more time together. They should totally drop acid. They should totally drop acid together. Yeah, I thought he was going to be, like, to his ex-wife, Mona. I mean, we should probably just drop acid and talk about our problems. Mona, can we just... Mona is so hot. Oh, my God. She was amazing. She was beautiful. She was full of wisdom and zingers. I love that she's like, I thought it was because I had gotten older. And then I realized it was because you got older. And Roger just looks at her like, true. Good point. (laughs) No, I loved that whole scene. She was just on fire fire and they're way. they're cool together i kind of like them not married and at each other's throat she's very cool he's very cool well you can tell she's found her power again she's not just the 
you know, scorned wife. She's she's hot and she knows it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, great episode all in all. I, I think it was it was a nice change of pace. Don't you guys think it was? It, it definitely ends with that tableau of the sad table, you know? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. pretty heavy handed, but I was just happy that I wasn't fearing for anybody's life in this episode. It was a nice break. It felt light and cheerful. Yeah, it, it was like moving things along. We got to meet some glamorous new characters. It was cool. I love anything that where they all get dressed up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so who knows? Well, I still think I fear for Peggy. I think she is in danger in terms of her job stability. Yeah, it's something's going to blow up in her life. I mean, it just, it is. Yep. Guys, you know what I want to know? Is Bobby ever going to become a real character or is he no. always just going to be some kid in the way? <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to be a real character. I hope. Does Don know his name? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that does it. That was a fun episode to talk about. Um, and so thank you for joining us. Feel free to find us online between now and our next episode. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Tumblr. Give us a shout out. Ask us questions. We're serving beans on the moon. We're serving beans. Yeah. It's glorious. It's a glorious fruit. Um, And I think we're going to leave you with a very special preview, a little teaser called Next Week on Mad Fem. Why did you open that door? That's my shoe. I told you so. I love roses. No, you did not say that. I know you're looking at me. Clouds are pretty. I told you no. Next week on Mad Fabs. <laughs>